I'm serious, dude. What do y'all think of Hello everyone, welcome to the 18th episode of the Brugers Podcast. Today I am joined with Zorn Brewing out of Michigan City. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rizzo Insurance. Uh, today I have Joe, Steve, and Chris with me. Uh, if you guys don't know much about Zorn, we're going to get started. Uh, how about Steve? We'll put him in the hot seat and tell us a little bit about the background of Zorn and uh, the, um, the kind of legacy that comes yeah. with it. Uh, so Zorn, as it is right now, uh, opened in, was it November of 16? Yeah. So we're coming up on three years real soon. Um, but the place we're in and our name goes back... Uh, to 1871 so uh, a guy named Philip Zorn uh, moved to Michigan City to open a brewery and in 1871 they opened uh, the Philip Zorn Brewing Company um, on the property that that we uh, still in today right? are still in today the old carriage um, house yeah what, we're in the, the... our tap room is in the carriage house of the old brewery complex very cool that's pretty cool uh, there's a lot of resource stuff in there too like the carriage seats are in there um, it's got a lot of history in there. I think it's uh, one of the cooler stories in craft beer, at least the the, the legacy that it holds um, and all the history that it has. So I think one of the coolest parts about it that kind of got my ears uh, open to what was going on. And and I, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't hear about you your first year and a half in uh, into the brewing uh, game. So coming out, finding out about it, and then you y'all had Sam Cruz, uh, who was one of your salesmen that mm -hmm. was uber excited about stuff. So. Sam right away kind of sold me on the things because it was just a big, larger than life guy coming oh, in yeah. and like <laughs> so excited about beer. He's like, dude, you gotta try this. I'm like, well, I mean, he's very convincing. And uh, he brought in all like all the great samples, all the stuff that I like, the, the York Street, the, um, the Pub Ale, uh, even the Excelsior. I was the most mm. uh, surprised of a beer I've ever liked before because I don't do pumpkin spice, I don't do pumpkin spice lattes. Like, I love Halloween, I love that time of year, but for pumpkin beers, it's lost on me. But that beer was amazing. It's like um, more of like a yammy, I think. But you, yeah. you know more about you, yeah, the brewery that, uh, that one was a, you know, another one, like I was saying earlier, was a, a request from the owner. And uh, I, I was, you know, at the time I was like, I'd rather brew an Oktoberfest or a lager. Right. So I was, you know, and the, the brewery I was at before, we did a pumpkin ale there. and. I was kind of over pumpkin ales and brewing them and drinking them and sure. uh you know took a little bit not not like a different approach to it but just put my my spin on it i guess and uh came out pretty pretty good i actually uh enjoy a couple pints a year of it yeah, you're you know? being pretty modest though because like <laughs> it came out excellent it's, it's one of my fa my favorites that come from there and um, just overall profile taste balance everything uh is very drinkable by the person uh, that isn't normally uh, into those types of beers like me who was very judge opinionated before I came into trying it so I'm like ah you know maybe maybe my staff will like this uh, but I probably won't like it as much well, but very surprised when you think when somebody tries to sell you a pumpkin ale it's yeah. you immediately go to these over the top like look at what we did kind of beers but really you know, we bombs. try to make good beer first and it just happens to have some pumpkin stuff in it definitely um, when I was when I'm bartending in the tap room and we're serving Excelsior it's 
like a fall spice ale. It's not a pumpkin ale. Right, right. Uh, it's more uh, yammy, and that's yeah, probably why. Yeah. I like and you know cinnamon obviously in there. Uh, yeah. The w- the way that I always put it is you know if, if if anybody's ever tried to like pumpkin puree out of the can, it doesn't really taste very good. Um. So it certainly doesn't really taste like pumpkin. It's it's all the other stuff that we you know we use some some powdered ginger nutmeg cinnamon more of a harvest vanilla mm-hmm. yeah. uh brown sugar you know some other that's pretty much it um off the top of my head you know and just some some malt magic and yeah very very subtle amount of hops and uh let it all you know kind of meld together and into the creation that it is i guess so one of the newest additions to Zorn here, uh, Joe Pokropinski. So uh, Joe, you want to talk about your uh, your role in this whole thing in, at Zorn and, and how you guys have come together and uh, made this collaborate or kind of a partnership happen? Yeah, well, uh, I come from, from my background uh, over to Zorn. It was just, uh, you know, they're, they're a fast growing brewery. So it was just, and, you know, a few extra pieces that just keep us rolling. Yeah, definitely. Get our production up, higher numbers, and so you're just brewing there now. Um, yeah, yeah. With Steve there. So yeah. how many brewers do you have? Uh, just us two. Us two. And Steve's the in charge of the cellar work and nice. Keep, Very cool. Keeping us brewing, keeping us on track, and, <laughs> and uh, it keeps you all structured and ready Assist, to go. Assistant oh, yeah. janitor. Assistant, yeah. janitor. Assistant yeah. to the janitor. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, nobody uh, knows about the brewing game if they don't, you know, glorify janitors everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, not too much glory for beer, but you know, uh, they know how to keep things tidy. That's for sure. So, well, um, what do you do outside of the brewing game? Like, what do you get? What keeps you guys busy, mm. or is it just? Uh, always on you know I, I can understand how beer and brewing can kind of take that uh, front seat to pretty much everything in life when you're doing what you're doing but uh, what do you what do you do to stay sane outside of it I like cooking food with my wife hanging out with my dog and uh, riding Vespas and nice. working on them Steve cool. as well yeah we were hanging out before we started working together we, we've known each other for shit, six or seven years now yeah getting up there um, Riding Vespas together, so that's awesome. Old Vespas, and then I convinced yeah, him to come be the assistant beer janitor. Yeah, yeah. He needed help, so just like you got to come help me. So yeah. yeah, you stick around long enough, your friends usually put you to work. Yeah, he just right? kept, yeah. he just kept showing up, and then we finally just paid, yeah, yeah, started yeah. paying him. I so. was just hanging out most of the time, and then it's all good stuff. He's just like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. your number one cheerleader just became you know. <laughs> yeah, there'd be times where you know I'd have I had one of my other guys that was helping me before uh, in the early days, you know times that he wouldn't be able to come to work for whatever reason and i'd call up steve and say hey i'll, I'll buy you lunch if you help me come mash in and yeah. you know and uh they dumped 900 pounds of grain into this thing on top of the stairs yeah gotcha i got a sandwich for you yeah <laughs> it's a sandwich at the end of the light hey i did that you know i've helped my yeah. friends move like numerous times like hey you help me move again? Sure. You know, yeah, buy me pizza and beer and I'll yeah, come help that's, you move again. Pizza and beer is usually payment. It's totally good for me. I work for food and food and beer for sure. Anytime. So uh, with uh, everything moving like it has, you guys coming up around you, over three years now, right? No, just, just coming up. Approaching three years. Three, so, three years on Thanksgiving. Or oh, like the day, day before. The day after, yeah. No, day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think so that's Black John, John the owner's birthday. So A Black Wednesday? That should be an yeah, all-out that, extravaganza. I think it was a uh, man... I don't think any of us were there when they opened. No, I came on shortly after they opened their doors. It was like it's the biggest party of the year. 
open the tap room. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. They did it. Got it. <laughs> I mean, hey. I don't know how well it went, but that, that was before us. So. You got to throw a big party on those days, that's yeah. for sure. It's it's a big thing around here. Oh, yeah. uh, everybody's coming in from back home from school. Uh, all the kids are. And then uh, it's one of the biggest, you know, restaurant uh, bar days of the year around Northwest. Blackout Wednesday. Blackout Wednesday. Yeah, Blackout yeah. Wednesday. I've thrown a couple uh, of those myself, so they, they've gone pretty well. And luckily, nothing too crazy went down. Um, but along with that, are you guys planning some big uh, third anniversary party? You guys got anything on the books for Ooh. this summer, uh, as in beer festivals or new launches, stuff well, like that? Nothing really planned uh, as far you know, as far as like a third anniversary party that we know of yet. This is your chance yeah. for pure just selfless promotion, right? Yeah, now. We, we, we could we could we could find out, but we don't. There's nothing we're, that has been discussed. out of the loop. Yeah, yeah. 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 We just yeah. make the beer. We're in the back, yeah. toiling away, and other people are making plans. We're here for the beer. Telling us what to do, usually like the day before. Well, we'll make sure that everybody gets uh, the website and like oh, yeah. the social media stuff, where to follow you guys, and make sure they got the up and up on all the events and everything happening yeah, with Zorn. So that people know uh, about this kind of, I wouldn't say it's a hidden gem, kind of in a pretty old historical part of Michigan City now and a lot of yeah, people I mean, are it's, hearing about it. It's definitely not on the beaten path, but right. you know, if you don't know where it's at, you you know, you might not realize plus, it's there. It's a saturated market that we have right now mm -hmm. and it's like um when I before I was doing this, I was a bar manager, so it was like everybody in this area is hitting you with, "Oh, you got to try this beer. You got to try. You got to put this on. You got to put this on." And uh, and I'd have to say it was like the one time when a salesman kind of sold me on the beer before I tasted the beer. And uh, as excited as he was, it was hard not to be as excited uh, when I tasted it because it was mm -hmm. like, oh, this is something else that has met the standard. It is like it's on the same level as a lot of things, and um, I think you guys executed a lot of the the beers uh, the way they sh they should be executed. Right. Yeah. So we definitely try to make them you know pretty much straight down the middle. Yeah. Uh, if if it's gonna be a brown ale, we're not gonna you know use citra. Yeah. And it, unless it's an American style brown, you know, but it, in this case, it's an English style brown, so we're going to use more traditional ingredients, you know. Yeah, York Street uh, Nut Brown is one of my favorite beers by you guys. It's just well balanced. You get that nutty maltiness right in the perfect time, and an initial sweetness to it too. That's kind of very welcoming, and not usually me being a, I'm more of a uh, I like the hoppy, the the fruited kind of uh, those type of beers. Easy drinking now, more sessionable stuff. Uh, not you know in the younger days it was like please bring on the ABVs you know let's yeah, get, you know, yeah. <laughs> now it's good but uh, it's a good transition for us to get into uh, trying your new hazy um, yeah. you want to talk about that a little bit was it uh, was it hard to conform to uh, <laughs> the, the non-traditional of going to the hazy because I know it, it's kind of taken you guys a while and yeah. not only you but Revolution has just now released their hazy too. So a lot of the bigger breweries kind of waited off too to do it. Uh, is there any reason why you guys held off on the hazy trend? Um, I don't know. I mean, at, at first, I guess I really just didn't understand it. I just sounded like, you know, every time somebody talked about a hazy, I, I just kind of sounded like a grumpy old man about it. <laughs> like, you know. You're not traditional. Yeah, these kids and their beers. But uh, I remember when IPAs were bitter. Yeah, bitter yeah. IPAs. But, uh, you know, you it's one of those things, uh, you know, when Joe first came on board, uh, that was kind of one of the first beers he worked on. And uh, we, we both kind of put our heads together and kind of figured out, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do for the malt bill. And, um, you know, we did a couple of different iterations of the hot bill. And then this one that you're uh, currently imbibing is... Uh, 
kind of what we landed on. And uh, I mean, pretty happy with it. The the haze is uh, it's not chunky, you know, or milky or anything. But the haze is is consistent. It it didn't drop out or anything. So I guess that means we did something right, um, which is good. So um, aside oh. from that, I think it's got a lot of pretty classic hazy flavors from the uh, the few commercial examples I've tried. Uh, yeah, like a hint of pininess too, which is totally uh, it's a great profile to it. Yeah. I wish I had a better palate right now, but today I woke up with like this terrible in, like congestion from this cottonwood in this area. So if y'all from you know Northwest Indiana or the Midwest, you know about cottonwood just destroying your life if you if you're allergic to it. <laughs> oh, so yeah. today I woke up in in that world. Uh, my head feels like it's already a big head, but today it feels <laughs> like it weighs like 30 more pounds. So, um, but right now what I'm getting is like it's it's juicy, um, it, it's smooth very crushable um, oh yeah yeah it's got uh citra mosaic and uh amarillo so it's definitely citra and mosaic are pretty traditional to the style and you know kind of give it that that juicy kind of yeah, no, you know fresh fruit vibe right. if we can ever find those hops again then we'll yeah they're, yeah. they're <laughs> definitely hard to come across right now we, well, yeah. what's the story with that just because of the agricultural season um i mean growing? no it's, it's more it's more just everyone everyone wants it and that's you know with how popular hazies yeah, and juicy ipas it's you know double the price it's really good yeah, it's, like, uh, it's like 20 some dollars a pound you know it's it's expensive but uh yeah i mean hopefully we can find some more and you know keep brewing that beer we'll find another hop and you know experiment with that and you know have you thought maybe about keep local the... you do local yeah we haven't really messed around with too much local yet uh we're gonna be doing some sugar creek malt uh soon and then hopefully uh me and joe or joe had mentioned about uh i forget what farm it was but like maybe conkeepers and demand yep yeah doing some stuff with them line. down the line um you know just so much stuff that that we all want to do and only so many tanks and you right. got to keep up with the, the mainstays and you know For try sure. to innovate and you know keep the brewery moving in the right direction so, uh, so keep the taproom supplied yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely and do you, do you have a flagship coming is there a flagship like package that you guys are working on getting out right now um i mean in terms of like like an actual like package like canned beers yeah or, like a keep the lights on kind of beer yeah you know, like i would say right now that that first beer we drank golden grain that's that's definitely one of our keep the lights on beer um we can think of the three that we that we do double batches of yeah it's a, the the gotta have them people get pissed off if we don't have them on tap or if they're not available for distro right right um, that's golden grain or female uh, red devil or red ipa oh, red devil is like uh, that's a no brand that should yeah that changed the game on uh, the red ipa because uh you could use it for any number of things i don't know you say you cook a lot it would probably be a great beer because of sodium in it it would be a great beer for beer battering like fish and chips stuff like that yeah um, those red ales the ipas like that i i love the high i don't i'm not a salt guy i don't like that the high set but something in those beers like those are the malted beers i like like that yeah. one has like a perfect balance it's crisp we do it uh at, when i was working at docks i like had to keep it on because it complements barbecue so yeah, well. yeah I can see and that. It, uh so people would always be like where's red devil you know like where why don't you have red devil on and it's cool to like see that because people be like yeah i still haven't made it out there but i want their beer to be on tap here and uh, I hope I've sent some people your guys' way well, and I educated them a lot. Yeah, yeah, Docs has bought a lot 
lot of beer. We've, we've definitely moved a lot of kegs through there. So yeah, uh, I was me and Joe. Uh, Joe's been there many times before. I'm sure. I just recently went there with Joe when we were delivering a keg, and I was really surprised at the amount of uh, taps, you know, and just the variety well, of beer. Well, I know beer. Brent's an old deadhead at Doc, and I know Joe's a deadhead, and oh, yeah. they're in town this week. So yeah, my, my wife's going tomorrow. <laughs> and coming. Yeah. I went uh, la- the night before last. I was in uh, at Deer Creek. Yeah. I went to that one. So nice. I got the night of ballads. Uh, I think they should have played Deer Creek three nights, and then probably... You mean like, Verizon Wireless Amphitheater? No, it's not even called. It's called, like, Ruoff Mortgage <laughs> now. It's not even Klepsch anymore, so... But everybody, it's it'll always be Deer Creek, uh, you know. For you just single night, or did you camp out? Or no, it was it was only one night there. Oh. so it was this. I've been to Deer Creek probably over sixty-five times. The, the three-night thing is where yeah, exactly. That's what you got to do. It yeah. was literally the second time I've ever used um, the main parking lot. Yeah, in sixty-five times. Well, and being <laughs> so, having yeah. to drive out of there. Yeah, I started so, going there in like ninety-five. Cool. You know, and back back then it was totally different. They let you camp wherever you wanted, right. and now it's like everything's corporate and, and you can't you know you used to be able to look from the highway and you'd be like oh I see Deer Creek and now it's like there's stuff everywhere so it was completely different but it was the most packed I've ever seen it at Deer it was really really rock it was definitely a ballads night uh, got a lot of uh, you got the he's gone and looks like rain and Stella Blue so nice. you know I'm still not sold on the whole Johnny Mayer thing but <laughs> can get back to beer on that one um, a lot of people are but a, a good um segue into that you were talking about how you were had to keep the lights on beer and people getting angry when they didn't see their stuff on and that's a big thing in in craft brewing because a lot of people take things like very uh personal when it comes to the beer and and uh, i think it's good and bad for for the beer industry because people gain this sense of entitlement like they have something to do for the glory of the beer when they don't understand (laughs) how ridiculously hard and intensive it is to brew beer the, uh, just the logistics of keeping stuff in stock is yeah. uh, is tough because we've yeah we've got a limited number of tanks and, and right now we make what 17 18 different beers coming through basically six total tanks we just want to educate the people and let them know that you know <laughs> we want to make beer for right. you like we want it to be the brewers want it to be there for you. Um, it's just not always. I mean, you only have a three-year infrastructure going right now, yeah. and this huge demand. So, yeah. um, our goal is to really kind of uh, educate the listeners and people that are getting into craft beer on on why things don't happen. And I think a lot of people are coming around on that. You know, um, on being educated, and understanding a little more um, educated and knowledgeable about. Why, when to ask for stuff, when not to, you know. They're, they're really, we're just back there hiding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're more, they're more I could keep on crying behind the bright tank at any given day of the week, not actually working. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand how it is, and like, I, I don't know if as I've, I've never taken the hat as a brewer, but I don't think I keep my uh, tongue, you know, right from not telling people it, off. It's tough sometimes. Time, so. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, best case scenario, the beer's gonna. We're three weeks out, so yeah. For a production streamer, that's you know, what you we're said last a month week. ahead. You, yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> you should just be like science and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's science. that's, that's the only yeah. explanation you get. Bunch of magic happens yeah. over yeah. there, and then beer comes out and ends up in the cooler. Yeah. Oh. Because I know that you you guys would love this magical stockpile of like all this beer to give to the people. It'll be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but people don't understand the process, and hopefully, listeners are kind of. Um, 
listen up and kind of understand that uh, there's a lot more steps to this than just claiming the glory for some kind of beer. You know, there's so many working parts behind it um, and, and that. So that was kind of just uh, the question on where you see yourselves moving with that flagship style of how um, where you're moving. I think the Red Devil, um, the pub ale is phenomenal and, and you know, York Street is... I think there's some 1871, the pub ale yeah, is... Yeah, 1871. Is, uh, Next level, the unsung stuff. hero. Is of, a, of, I, lo- of I love our that lineup. beer, man. Crush it's kind of got a little bit of everything going on. And play, um, you just do a killer old school. Late it's sort of along the lines of uh, we were talking uh, like a ESB type mm-hmm. type beer, but like Americanized, um, totally, kind yeah, of yeah, American yeah. version. Um, hot flavor. I see that for sure. Cascade, yeah. Chinook, Victory, but totally low. drinkable every day. Oh, yeah, but super subtle for that hot build, though. Um, I wouldn't have thought that, but. Uh, so what is your what's your favorite style of beer to drink between the three of you guys what do you think joe what do you lean towards uh, more often always switching it up but you know lately it's been you know lagers classic lagers and uh i think that's a big trend everywhere yeah. right now a lot of uh, sessionable beers i, I, always, I always go back to like english style beers the sbs and stuff like that i want a little bit more flavor traditionalists right? in today right oh yeah for sure no milkshake ipa guy no <laughs> yeah. slushy guys here yeah, i can't say i am no. i think what about uh, barrel aged stouts are you in on those too or a uh, little bit not, i don't get all crazy and start storming pulling my fridge up but you're not a cellar uh, guy no i yeah. got i got plenty of, you know KSB and Bourbon County laying around, but yeah, it's just like just special occasion beer. Usually, it's not a go to by any means. Well, pour a little dark lord down the drain, kind of thing. Like <laughs> yeah. What about you, Steve? Are you? Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, just crushable. Yeah, well, you're asking you're asking brewers what they drink at Crispy Boys. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I kind of know, but yeah. they, sometimes you kind of get a little uh, like last week, uh, Alan and and. Uh, and Brian were kind of, they're more into like the barley wine, the barrel aged stuff right now. And and they like, you know, pounding those types of beers and having fun with those. But for me, it's like, oh man, there's no way I could, uh, that, there's no long term. I've got a three month old son at home. Oh, so your like, hands are full I right can't now. be uh, getting wrecked on barley wines at work while, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. while I'm hanging out. He's already uh, trying to self destruct all the time. You got to be yeah, sane and yeah. sober. <laughs> I hear that. What about you down there? What do you think? Uh, obviously, you you on the lager and uh, Pilsner. Yeah, I chain? mean, I definitely, uh, I, you know, I've enjoyed all the different styles of beer, but I, I kind of tend to always go back to, you know, just kind of a straightforward lager, Pilsner, uh, lots of German beers, whenever we can get our hands on them. Um, and, you know, just anything that's a traditional beer style, really. I, I'm just kind of an old school uh traditionalist if you will um i appreciate all the new styles like you know sour beers and all the innovation that's been happening i appreciate people doing stuff the wrong way but right i mean (laughs) there's a right way we'll we'll put them on tap in our tap room but we probably won't really be doing a whole lot of them in in terms of our uh, big production um I mean, not saying that we won't ever, but it's it's not really in the the plans at the moment. We're yeah. just you know trying to, like I said, focus on some straightforward, approachable, drinkable beers. So no competitions coming up soon. You guys aren't planning on any of that, or um, we, I mean, we'll send we did, some up. We did some GABF, we did some GABF beers last year. Um, I mean, with you know always the hope of placing, but more it's it's just good to get the feedback from the judges and kind of see what they they think about the beers. Um, you know, but uh, it's one of those things where 
it seems like you know, oh let's enter the, all these contests and stuff and then you know either the beers we want to enter we might not have on hand or it's in the tank or we yeah. we missed the deadline or whatever excuse right. you gotta come up like with you know well, and we don't uh, package other than the crawler so we have the special bottle just to send okay. stuff out which wow. introduces all kinds of bottle filler introduces all kinds of variables Wait, yeah, uh, which could totally ruin stuff a beer and, that you just yeah. work very hard for <laughs> yeah I've seen that many times is carbonation issues and transfer issues with beer and and some beers that have been great but you know they lose that temperature at the and yeah. and then they you lose the carbonation on the bottling or whatever and that sucks to see some beers go that way because yeah you know, normally like hey if this beer was a little more carbonated or this beer is a little you know. you're being judged not on how the beer is poured in the tap room you're being judged on how it is sitting in a box for a week right or being FedEx overnight and sitting around and God knows, God knows where that was super then important to me too open. is yeah. like I want uh, as a person who was selling beer I always wanted the beer to taste like the brewer wanted it to taste right. and I wanted to explain it like that too so um, you know relating that to my staff and, and just letting them know like hey somebody worked their ass off for this um, at least take a minute to understand it and be able to explain it um, treat it like your own kind of business like somebody's not going to get any credit for this um, but what is great is you introduce that one person to a beer that they're like I'd never drink that beer I'd never think this brewery is good and then that person's like I'm sold like that's that's a next level of service that I think is great and kind of uh, helps you know everybody work together with that rising tide of uh, helping out the, right. the smaller business and help people meet the standard uh, that has been set by some of these other breweries in the area so um, but yeah that's great to see so you guys do in-house growlering uh, 32 ounce growlers for yep. everything on tap uh, what do they usually start at price range rise on those Oh, charge hey, 10 like bucks, 10 or 12 bucks, yeah, 10 bucks, like that. 100 bucks, two beers. Yeah, we just make beer, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, depending. We you got a couple are, beers you guys that are, are just uh, removing yourself for all <laughs> yeah. responsibilities completely. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. We need to pour more beers then if we're gonna, you know, keep we're like in case we break any rules, we don't want to. Did we did give the disclaimer of these are our opinions and our opinions only? We do not speak for Zorn Brewworks. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it took uh, it took how long in the, to before coughing my brains out? <laughs> we're twenty six in now. We got some time, boys. Let's nice. keep it moving. Uh, right, right along, right along. So, um, as in beer trends, um, you said you got the hazies coming out. Uh, any plans of maybe barrel aging anything in the future? Or? Um, we have done a half barrel each of uh, barrel aged. Uh, our snowball, which is our wee heavy, oh nice, the like nine point eight pre barrel, uh, <coughs> and then we did our uh, Elson Grove, the our oatmeal stout, yeah, which uh, is also way. very so we good. We just did too. kind of test test runs. Uh, I completely forgot about Elson each. Grove. Um, That's a great base yeah. beer for barrel aging it's, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it turned out it's really, not high ABV really either, nice. You know, I didn't even think about that one, but yeah, I completely forgot about that one. That yeah, you think uh, usually go for the high ABV stuff in the barrel, yeah. but um, yeah, really. we had we had just picked up the barrels from Journeyman in uh, Three Oaks, Michigan. Yeah, and we had them sitting around, and it was like, let's fill a couple of these the, guys. The five gallons or yeah, 15, no, the 15, 15 so gallons. Oh, the you and boys, nice. So we did a barrel of beer. Um, We've that was just kind of you know for us to see you know what 
you know, if we were happy with the results, and I, I was certainly very happy mm-hmm. with them. Um, All right, well, I'm going to need to be in on that next one. Um, so um, we're delicious. We left out. <laughs> a six barrel of the Snowball barrel aged non randomly, like, oh, a month ago? Yeah, it was right after, right after our uh, May Fest. We did a Maybach lager, and we, we put, figured we put that we, on as we'll well. We'll pepper in uh, some more of it. You know, when it hits about 95 degrees or so, we figured yeah. the barrel age will really fly off the shelf. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it's that's a good when timing, we'll right? tap it. Yeah, right. No, no. I, you know, um, I mean, it, it really, any time, it'd be uh, yeah. good to go. But uh, d- did you guys use any um, vanilla chocolate, anything like that, or just straight no, beer? straight all malt beer. Oh, uh, yeah. Extended boil, you know, to get, like, those complex, you know, like, kind of dark fruit flavors, Maillard reactions, all that fun stuff, uh, you know. two. It was literally two malts, one hop addition. So in terms of the actual uh, grist and hop bill, is about as simple as you can get. Um, we use uh, Omega Labs, their Scottish ale yeast, to ferment that out. And uh, like I said, did the extended boil and uh, basically jammed the mash tun as full as we could get it and had to do two turns on it to get yeah. a 10 barrel batch and we still it was still like seven yeah we got, we got kind of uh, crappy yield because the uh the the uh first knockout of the beer started fermenting because we we got the higher cell count to make up for the uh, higher abv and it took off pretty quickly and uh it was you know at full croise in the next day as we we're knocking out the second batch so we oh, nice. we lost some to the uh it was, it was two ports them off for the two 11 barrel batches to get seven barrels uh, <laughs> yeah that, that that hurt it was surprising bit. on uh on transfer day well, yeah, yeah you it's a learning curve yeah. right? you yeah. learn learn as you go we yeah, our for me that's like nine, i don't think eight. i have the patience yeah. for that that's like when i'm just like <laughs> cursing kicking stuff getting pissed off because like i don't know i think that I'm, I'm one of those entitled people. I think my time's more important than it actually is, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it takes a lot of patience, a lot of, you know, not wanting to get the glory for it. Oh, yeah. The brewing process will it's, definitely help you sometimes. Wait a month and see uh, how you did, kind of thing. Uh, that would drive me. Yeah, bre- brewing is you definitely can taste all you patience. want off of, you know, taste warp, taste, uh, taste it as it's going, but you won't know until it's carved and ready to go. It's never this. The yeah, you sometimes you talk about those big beers. Sometimes they don't hit their balance for a month, five weeks mm-hmm. down the road. And yeah, you just can't do that when you're in smaller and people right. demand, demand, demand on all that. <coughs> so yeah. But we are going to bring both of those barrel aged to uh, Journeyman's having a little um, event thing in what October? Yeah, it's in the fall sometime. Oh, their barrel yeah. series. Uh, yeah, barrel, that's a cool event. Deal, so we're yeah, going to participate. Uh, six, in that. Of, six of each of those uh, down there. So I guess that's kind of a contest. Yeah. Yeah. I took uh, my staff. We, we try to go to like a new brewery every month, and then one month I took them to Journeyman. Yeah. And I think there is, it's probably like uh, eight of us, and uh, mostly female. And then I drove, and another person oh. drove. But we get there, and then they set up the tasting room, and like every one of their liquors. And it wasn't like, here's a little sit. They're Even like full English of shots. Of like, so we were like 21 shots deep. And like some of these girls weigh like 100 pounds. I'm like, what are you doing? Like this, I'm going to have to babysit like this many people. But and everybody held their liquor, you know, service, service professionals. They know how it's done. But uh, we ended up having to go to like down the street to, to Sawyer to uh, three or what is it? Um, Greenbush. So that we could eat because yeah. everybody was so hammered. And sober up and drink beer. Yeah, yeah. we were <laughs> hammered. I was hammered. Yeah, was go like, go and sober up and drink some six percent plus beers yeah. at Greenbush. Yeah, they're not messing around at uh, at in Three Oaks for uh, Journeyman. They their yeah. their little tour and everything was definitely worth worth it. We um, would ride our scooters out there 
occasionally. You say scooter, yeah. but those things, like, I've ridden a Vespa before. They're not like a scooter. They're like, uh, you're, you're being a little modest. Well, these are yeah, 60, like 65 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they're still, they have the clutch, and, like, yeah. well, they're not like a push-button, like, scooter. Yeah. Um, and it's not a they have an goes. awesome history. I'm a it's big, a hand-shifted hand, uh, motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and they're super cool. Um, I mean, I think uh, Quadrophenia was probably one of my favorite <laughs> rock operas of all time. Yeah, cool. And, uh... I don't know if anybody's ever seen that. Stings in it. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. And then, like, there's this whole thing between like the greasers and like the guys that ride the Vespas with like all the mirrors on them. It's super cool. But as a kid, I was just like, "This is the greatest rock opera." I want to be that when I grow up. Yeah, sting riding I don't want to be sting, up but as a yeah. cool. which is weird. And uh, weird, I was so. I was definitely always like more towards that kind of history. Of, besides just like the greaser motorcycle thing. Uh, but uh, so a little in Italian influence in you guys' life. Uh, you guys gonna do anything with like Fernet Branca or something? Uh, that'd be cool. I mean, <laughs> you can do a inspired beer. I could maybe see that. Yeah, I mean, small batch see. series, something interesting. You know, yeah, my barrel age. Well, I don't know. I see. I'm not a fan. I like. There was a couple. Jo- like there was a job I inherited. Like five cases of Fernet Branca and like, yeah. hey, you should sell this now. And it's like, to who? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. people that want to settle their stomachs after dinner? Or yeah. like, what, you want me to put it in a cocktail? It's like one of those things like only like bartenders drink at like 2 a.m. Yeah. when yeah. they get off work. Or, you know, it's a, there's that one customer that comes in like, you don't have Fernet? Please, just order me some Fernet. Here, have yeah. some great. I'll drink it all the time. <laughs> all my friends will come in, they'll drink it. <laughs> they then never you never see them yeah. again. Never again. They're from like Colorado yeah. or something. <laughs> never see them again. <laughs> Terrible. So outside of beer, do you guys indulge in any other ways? Are you whiskey fans uh, uh, or spirit fans in any other way? Oh yeah, that's definitely a big whiskey guy. Yeah, bourbon, Bur- bourbon, bourbon scotch. I'm a, I'm a bourbon. Yeah, we've talked bourbon before, oh, yeah. so I can't wait till we do our first bourbon event in October. I'm super pumped about that. But uh, we've we've been working. I've been working with people in that industry for a long time, and we're we're working on putting together this really cool whiskey event uh, with Buffalo Trace and nice. the Antique mm-hmm. Series and all that good stuff. Cause big fan, big usually fan of Buffalo Trace. You can't, you can't get that stuff around here in the bar because they don't show no love around here. So we're gonna try and just go and just do a, an event based around it where everybody gets to try some of the good stuff. So, nice. But um, with the barrels, like you guys were able to get barrels from Journeyman, no problem, and, and stuff like that. Like A lot of people you know, kind of go with the Kentuckys barrels like the the five char like the heaven hill barrels are a big one in the industry and stuff yeah, like that huge. um do you plan on reaching out to other places like that or do you uh you, you good with local because i'm a big local fan yeah i mean we always try to like to use local um we're definitely not opposed to branching out but um you know just it's it's kind of uh almost like a shifting or tipping point for us like we the first couple of years was just kind of like running around trying to you know come up with what the identity of Zorn is and what our beers are about and and you know not getting too far ahead of the you know the horse too far in front of the cart as they say um you know first and foremost quality beers and then you know we just this January like I said just did our first barrel aged and just did our first hazy it's like before we do something I always like to try and make sure that you know we're walking before you run right yeah we make you know that we're gonna get the result that we want to get um because you know if I know Joe is probably pretty close to me. Like I, I, I lose sleep over that kind of stuff. Right. I think about it, overthink it, rethink it. Start in there. Start yourself too far out of them. Yeah. All the variables start creeping up in your head, and it's the worst. <laughs> and the then the day, and then the day of it, you know, <laughs> most of the times it goes pretty good, and you, you know, you worried too much. But I guess the worry is kind of a necessity, you know, because if you're 
not worrying a little bit, you know, especially if it's a new beer or something or, you know, a new process or a new ingredient or something, you know, I don't know. What yeah. is that day of? Is that packaging day or mashing? No, it's like mashing day. Like, okay, you know, is this is this the temp I want to go in at? Is this does this seem you know anything about this seem weird or yeah, just whatever the case may be. But usually on brew day, on you know a new beer, mashing it in for the first time, you know. But we've gotten pretty lucky, I think. You know, so was Zorn your first uh, place as a brewer? Uh, no, I spent place? I spent almost four years up at Greenbush. Oh, okay, brewing up there. Um, and before that, I was a graphic designer for like ten years. Kicking my. So mind. I sat at a desk all day, and uh, I got tired of it. Oh, we're gonna have to hit you up for your car and clean this, for right? stuff for a living. <laughs> What's that? So we're gonna have to hit you up for your car and maybe revisit that for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, out, I'm out of that world. Right. Now. Yeah. It's like me. It's like uh, I, I used to be in like the whole landscaping Don't design yeah. industry and stuff like that, and like. I'm I'm out I'm out completely. Yeah, I'll, I'll do some of the stuff with the brewery. I still have like a lot of the software that uh, not a lot of it, all of it uh, on the computer that I work on. So if I need to do like a quick menu change or make like a quick poster or something, oh, that's well, it's on usually you too? not quick, but man, uh, they ask a lot from their brewers there. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So that's yeah, when I'm not brewing beer or uh, you know doing whatever other random thing, you know, usually doing something to try to keep busy. There's always something to do, so. Yeah, the creative mind never stops. It's just always over-analytical, and I've, I don't know. I don't, I don't look at myself as that creative, but I'm definitely over-analyzing everything. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, where are we, where are we at here? <laughs> yes, let's get on that. Okay. Hmm? Pass this around. Uh, we're getting up into Ooh, the. What do we got? It's a little warm. Uh, this is a Jackie O's uh, barley wine. Jackie O's does the best barrel program with the Midwest. Oh. Where's it out of? Had the, uh, <laughs> it, they're somewhere in Ohio, Columbus, maybe? No, they're not in Columbus. No, because they're not one of them. Cities. One of them C words? <laughs> they're Ohio. Right, one of those C's or something. <laughs> yeah. Ohio's all the same. Is it mm-hmm. Cincy? Athens, Ohio. Yeah. That's where uh, yeah. Ohio University is. Oh, you owe yet? Really? Where is that? I don't know. It's probably one of the big I don't know. Somewhere. somewhere in Ohio. They put, yeah. cin- they put cinnamon on their pizza in Ohio. What? Yeah. 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 Oh, yes, that's kind of... But what? It all sucks. It all sucks. In England, that, yeah. It is horrible. I, I'm more okay with Ooh. corn than cinnamon. That's delicious. Yeah, cinnamon's messed up. I didn't even want to act like I've heard that. That's why I let that one go. <laughs> so I've got a question for you guys. That's fire. Um, our audio engineer went to your uh, brewery about three or four weeks ago, and you guys had like a 16-person German brass band. In yeah. There. <laughs> uh, you guys talk the German bit? band incorporated. <laughs> yeah. Could you guys talk a little bit about that, and then maybe about how what kind of entertainment you guys feature there on a consistent basis, or what that kind of vision looks like? Um, they they're a band that we had last year. Uh, we did a, a Mayfest last year. Uh, I was like right. Oktoberfest. Yeah, and then we they, we had, we had them in our Oktoberfest as well. Um, they're just kind of a really fun band, and uh, they like to show up and drink beer and play their alpine horns and their anvil and hammer and like all kinds of crazy tubas and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it was oh, a yeah. lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they're awesome. They um, somehow managed to bring like seventy mile an hour winds every time they play. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah they're Zorn, which is crazy. 
Yeah, that was nuts. Like the but German blitzkrieg all over again? Yeah, pretty like, much. It just gets crazy, and there's like food blowing around, and... I'm going to have to make it. That sounds like a good time. A big tent that's like floating above the above the patio because the wind caught it. Um, yeah, yeah they're fun. That's, uh, you see, look at the band, you see somebody's grandma, you know, got yeah, Peter Stein in one hand, on the drum with the other hand. And, yeah. I remember like leaning over to Steve and being like, "Dude, that's somebody's grandma." Imagine like, imagine if that was your grandma and she just like she's drinking out of the table, you know, well, drinking out of a dimple mug. There's like, there's you know, the average age of the band is probably sixty-five, and then there's like three or four like twenty-something-year-olds that are playing. It's like, how did they get hooked up with this? But they probably figured out. We get paid to go hang out at bars and drink free beer, beer. and then I play the tuba or something. Uh, it's not a bad gig. Win-win. Yeah. Win, but win. all their um, proceeds go to charity and everything. So oh, they're uh, definitely they a good cause. Uh, like a food, food pantry, I believe. Yeah. So um, do you guys have in-house food right now? Yeah, we have a we have a really limited food program right now. We just have like three or four different sandwiches, uh, three or four different flatbreads, and a couple of just like appetizer type snacks. And we're in the process of building a kitchen out um, that will hopefully be up by uh, later this summer early fall and then uh, we'll be kind of moving forward with you know more entrees and uh, an expanded menu Beautiful. So, beer cheese pretzel bites are for real. Yeah, yeah, beer cheese pretzel bites. We were the at the forefront of that. Now you go, you know, everywhere's got uh, beer cheese pretzel bites. But claiming that, I like to think with that heavy know. German background there, huh? Well, oh, yeah. with that, yeah, yeah. That, then it's got these little pretzel balls, dude. They're insane. Down. Down. I, got, I got one more question. The trick is eat it with a fork. That's oh, that's yeah. the trick. Yeah, that's a steep pro tip. Spear <laughs> yeah. and dip into the cheese, and then yeah. So it's a better. Just out of curiosity, it goes uh, pretzel, beer, mouth, beer. Yeah, exactly. Easy enough. I did yeah. not know there was a method to that. There is a method. There's a way you're well, supposed and to it's all, Well, and it's all about not leaving any cheese left in the cup right. when the right. pretzels are gone. Yeah. So. <laughs> If there that's is, too much pressure. I mean, it's too much. The cups we use are too long to get your tongue all the way in there Ooh. for like <laughs> removing the rest of the cheese. So don't act like you've never long, stuck your finger in one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're only like that, but it's super awkward. They got a beard. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. you see how short they got yeah. shorts are. <laughs> you gotta reach it. He's got no. He's got no problem sticking his tongue all the way down. <laughs> the one question I'm always curious about when it comes to breweries that are that, are, that come in is: Is there a brewery in particular that you guys model yourselves after? Is there any like direct inspirations that you guys want to give a shout out to? Um, I I know this probably isn't the right answer, but it's the answer that I'm gonna give. This is just me personally, but I've always been a really big fan of Sierra Nevada and everything that they've pretty much ever done, and that's what kind of got me into craft beer, you know, the green label, and they, you know, their approach is pretty similar to mine, you know, uh, just straightforward, drinkable, Speaking good of representations that. of the style, uh, you know, a stout tastes like a stout, not like a stout that has a, you know, I don't know, way too much hops in it or something, and then I guess that would be a black IPA or whatever, but, I you know. I that, like uh, Sierra and um, New, New Belgium, uh, I don't. I think you're around the same age as me. Was kind of that mo- that movement that happened in craft beer before it actually happened here. 
um, the fat tire. Yeah, when you could only get it in St. Louis on this on the other side of the Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it actually got released into Chicago on my birthday. It was like my think like my 22nd birthday or something. It was like, oh, Fat Tire is finally... Well, I don't 22 know. was a big year for you. I was. It was a big year. I think. <laughs> Let's go back there. Let's go back there. But uh, the Sierra Porter... <laughs> it's like, he's only 22 years younger than me. The Sierra Porter was like my go-to beer for shows. Like, I, I wanted a Sierra Porter, Blue Label. Like, that was the first, yeah. like, robust um, Porter Stout style beer that I liked. And, uh, like... For me, Sierra was definitely over the New Belgium. Don't tell Lisa. And I'll get her name wrong again, so I'm not going to say her last name. She's awesome. She is fucking awesome. I I get to see her tomorrow, I think, for a little bit. So, um, But I appreciate you guys coming out. It was a blast. Finally getting to know you, letting us know a little bit about Zorn. um, Educating the people a little bit. um, Letting them know it's okay to be entitled sometimes, but just stay in your lane when it comes to production. <laughs> yeah, just just, nice uh, just warning that uh, Red Devil will be uh, not available coming up here uh, soon. Yeah, there'll be a couple so, weeks where it's not around. But there's you a can, good thing that they make uh, several other very good beers. So maybe it's your opportunity to get in there and try those beers yeah, instead of just out. having one beer that you like. Because uh, shocker, there there are lots out there that that you could definitely try. Out. We've got we've got twelve wonderfully crafted beers on tap right now. It's. Uh, probably the most we've ever had at one time of our own so uh now is now is the time to get in there and try a, a lot of uh you know we've got a little bit of something for everybody we don't just have 10 ipas and a cream ale like we've got a nice selection of different styles you know something for everyone yeah, and uh constantly evolving yeah expanding yeah. so i uh i would like to bring up that we still have not made a traditional ipa yeah, we actually haven't. Uh, uh, a traditional what? We've not made a traditional IPA. IPA. Oh, it's really? Hard. Yeah, we, we, have, oh, yeah, we have Red sure. Devil or Red IPA. Right, right. We have a double, double IPA. IPA. Yeah, we've got a hazy IPA. We've got a milkshake coming out. What are you waiting for? You do malt so well. I yeah, mean, yeah, we're, uh, yeah. I think uh, we'll just put that off. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole series of. Uh, we well, actually, Little Jerry, we uh, did. A, we hop with. Uh, yeah, well, no, it was an, it was dry hopped. We dry hopped it. It was it was really bitter. Um, that hop's kind of weird. Is Jerry Low or? Yeri Low, or however you want to say it, I don't know. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> My spectrum for bitterness is rock bottom is ten. Is it in the rock bottom phase? The spectrum of bitterness? No, it was like it was calculated well over hundred. We did like first, <laughs> first word hop. I mean, who knows what it actually was? It was just what the calculation was. But, like but even physical impossibility for your tongue to register. No, Elton Grove's like fifty something. Yeah, like, it's, it's up there. Like, Plus, really? it's got the, That's you know. crazy ideas. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's hard to tell because there's so much other there's, stuff yeah, so going on. So roasty, yeah. Right. So you can't taste anything. I'll probably right there, buddy. Good stuff. But uh, we look forward to what's coming out uh, in the future with Zorn. And uh, appreciate you guys coming out. Thank you so much. Yeah, for thanks for us having us out. And I uh, want to thank Rizzo Insurance for uh, their sponsorship on today's podcast. And hope to see you guys back soon. Sweet. Cool. Cheers. 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 Uh, <laughs> I'm serious, dude. What's happening? Who it is?